0: Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I'm Dave, creator, host, narrator, writer, producer, and, well, I guess you could just say the mind behind AIC Stories. That's right. Like you guys probably know, AIC Stories is a very small, independent, one-man operation. And as you probably know, creating a podcast, especially one with multiple series like AIC Stories, takes a lot of work, a lot of time, effort, and, let's be honest, a lot of money. That's why I wanted to take just a second to let you know that if you love AIC Stories and want to help support the show, you can do that now in a couple different ways, including at buymeacoffee.com slash AIC Stories. Buy Me A Coffee is a way for you as a listener to help keep the lights on and keep the stories flowing. Every little bit helps, and while I was very hesitant to even think about asking anyone for money because, well, who likes to do that? I had more than a few people ask how they could help support AIC Stories, and I figured, why not? People were asking, so let's give you guys the option. And truly, the support means the world to me, so I do sincerely thank you for that. Of course, I know not everyone is in a position to financially support the show through Buy Me A Coffee, but that doesn't mean you still can't help me out immensely. If you can take a second to leave a rating and review or even just share the show on social media or tell your friends about all the great storytelling content happening right here at AIC Stories, you'll be helping me out just as much as any financial support through Buy Me A Coffee would. And I'm eternally grateful for any and all help that you guys can give me. Like I said, this is a small independent podcast and it takes a lot of work to keep this thing going. And any of this help that you can do really just means the world to me and helps me keep delivering better and better content to you guys each and every week so jump over to buymeacoffee.com slash AIC stories or just visit AICStories.com and you'll find all the links right there if you want to help financially support AIC stories or of course you can find me on social media everywhere at AIC stories and you can leave a rating review in the podcast player of your choice so share the show tell your friends Rate and review if you can, and if you're able to and interested, buymeacoffee.com slash stories is where you can go to financially support the show and, and help keep these stories flowing. I do truly appreciate it. I'm sorry for the interruption here. Now, let's get to our regularly scheduled programming. Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. Well friends, this is it. Our journey to Mystery Minnesota. Our search for answers. All the pain. Well, almost all of the pain. It'll all be over soon. You see, Joni Faustin had us completely sold on her wild tale. Maybe it was her kind grandmother's appearance making you feel immediately at ease. Maybe it was her soft voice, the conviction that was so firm, so confident, yet never aggressive or angry. No, her story wasn't one that she pleaded for anyone to believe. She spoke her truths as if there was simply no other possibility that anything else could have been true. And even still, I don't know, looking back, just what to believe. Oh well. Either way, you can soon decide for yourself. Get comfy and relax because this is the final leg of our journey and it's upon us right now. Not even noticing day had turned to night, had turned to early morning, and still we sat as if under some kind of spell as we listened to Joni's incredible story unfold. But we were all so tired and, and Joni insisted we all get some sleep. She showed us to her guest room where she had a few small cots and blankets all laid out and told us she couldn't let us drive home as tired as we were she'd feel horrible if we fell asleep behind the wheel on the long drive out of the woods from her place and had an accident i well i don't know why but i agreed i i was tired i could barely keep my eyes open suddenly i remember looking at my brother if i looked as tired as he did it probably was best we just slept for at least a few hours before attempting the drive He agreed to stay, said he must have had too much coffee or maybe it was the fresh lefsa and butter, but he wasn't feeling great so was happy to have a place to sleep without needing to make a long car ride first. Joni left us then, door closing softly behind her and before my head hit the pillow I was out. I will never forget the dreams that night, morning I guess, Vivid dreams of this happy little town nestled in the woods uh, away from the world. The laughter and joy radiated from the streets, but there was a, a darkness lurking in the shadows. Sliding through the edges where that little town met the forest that surrounded it, startling flashes of evil and danger quickly replaced by more joy and happiness. I saw my brother there, walking those streets. He didn't seem to notice me, and I, I, he couldn't hear me when I tried to call out to him. Just just ahead of him was Joni, looking back and waving for him to come along, like a, a grandmother trying to get a grandson to hurry up because they had more errands to run. There was a, a darkness that flashed between them. It danced and skipped just in front of me. I, I couldn't see what it was. It, it moved too fast, but... I could feel the heat of rage as it raced past me. I could also feel the icy cold peppermint in my wounds. It felt like it was sinking deeper into me, spreading, uh, slowly consuming me from the inside. That darkness was gathering more and more, flashing quickly around my brother, like almost like they were hunting him. I tried to scream, I tried to warn him. But he couldn't hear me, he didn't hear me. He didn't even know I was there. I raced over to him and as I was about to grab him by the shoulder and spin him around, a strong hand grabbed me by my own, jerking me backwards and away from my brother as the darkness swallowed him with Joni by his side, holding his hand. I knew those eyes that now pierced me to my core. Roger loomed over me, and his commanding voice told me one more time. It's time to go. He pointed to the forest I had just come from and it was clear my time was up. I stood up, tried to reach towards the darkness to to help my brother. When my fingers touched it I screamed and as I woke I heard Roger's voice telling me. It's okay. He's okay. You have to go. It's not your time. (sighs) Well, daylight poured through the window and I sat up to find my brother was already out of bed. He sat out in the kitchen eating a small breakfast Joni had made. When I sat down, I asked him how he was feeling. I... I know he looked pretty sick last night, but after sleeping, he said he was feeling a bit better. Still a little off, but better. Joni brought over a plate for me—a uh, scrambled eggs, bacon, and some toast slathered in homemade apple butter. <laughs> I've got to admit, it, it tasted great. It really was like waking up from a sleepover at your grandparents to find your grandma had your favorite breakfast waiting and. We all know nothing tastes better than grandma's home cooking. <laughs> well, anyways, after some uh, some minor chit chat, Joni continued her story around the breakfast table. When that man had told her to keep an eye on the selfridges, she did just that. Every day she'd spend time there watching as whatever sickness had seeped through the land continued to spread its diseased tendrils over everything that's when she first met us she happened to be there when i had called arnie had heard the conversation and knew we'd be coming out to talk so she had made sure to be there when we got there she heard their tale of the ufo of the rotten smell of arnie being choked years before but she could see what we couldn't that vile sickness was there thick on the floor pulsing through the ground and that hairy little creature was hiding in the corners of the rooms of their house. It waited and knew its time was near. She was there the next day when I had called Arnie back. She watched him get attacked, saw Maggie get swarmed by another one of those creatures and watched them get pulled away from our earth and into theirs. She saw the life leave their bodies. She watched as we arrived and saw us get attacked and tried to help get that thing off my brother's neck. She couldn't pry it off. It, it seemed that when it made contact with him in the real world, she lost the ability to touch it in that dream world she walked on in her travels. But she could keep the others away from me so I could get us to safety and that she did. She told us how those things came from everywhere like some giant spiders that had multiplied and infested the house and they were now pouring out of every crack and crevice. Ugly little things that move like spiders but had the body of small misshapen monkeys. I shivered as I remembered seeing my brother claw at his back. He didn't seem to be reacting though. He seemed distant, like something was wrong. I reached over and nudged him and gave him a nod to say, Hey, everything all right? He he looked at me and blinked his eyes as if just waking up and nodded back with a half smile. Yeah, yeah, I'm all good then turned back to listen to Joni describing that vile sickness and those nasty little creatures that swarmed everything there. He reached up absently and felt his neck as she spoke, his hand drifting down and hovering over his chest for just a moment. She explained that she knew we'd be coming to see her, knew we wanted to know where to find the valley of cars. uh, those vanishing cars Walter had talked about, and knew all about how we'd been through so much. Now things made sense. The the way she seemed to know us from the moment we arrived, it's well because she did. She knew our story. She'd been hanging out like the fly on the wall, seeing and hearing everything we had been through since meeting the Selfridges. Snapping out of it, I realized Joni had been talking to me. It seems my brother wasn't the only one zoning out that morning. Joni was asking if we were ready to go check out the valley. She explained it wasn't always there, but she had looked this morning before we woke, and it was there right now, but we'd have to hurry. <laughs> it's, it's funny, really, though. The things we do without a thought, without realizing we may be doing something for the, the very last time. We never really know how or when our ending will arrive. Pulling on our boots, the the little hand-drawn map in hand, we left Joni's and began our hike to this mysterious valley. It It wasn't far, really was quite a nice hike in the fresh morning air. I... I could smell fall creeping in as the summer warmth was being replaced by that crisp bite of autumn chill. I thought about Roger and Jimmy in those days where they'd hike around the woods. I bet he would have liked this morning. Arnie had been right. Getting to this valley seemed to be much easier from Joni's end than it looked had we come the opposite way. A few hills to traverse, but overall not much other than the usual brush, but we were in the old pines here so it was mostly soft ground with years of pine needles and moss, sparse brush and the feeling of stepping into middle earth as we climbed up and down the hills on our way to the valley. Standing to catch my breath and gather up my strength at the top of one hill, I I saw the forest and swamp stretch out in front of us could just barely see the glittering of the sunlight off the water way off in the distance, the light skipping off the surface of Pak Falls Lake. I remember thinking to myself then that there was no way I'd have ever made the hike from over there. As it was that cold, icy pain was burning in my side, in my wounds, deep down and the cold felt like it was spreading slowly inside me, working its way deeper, just just like in my dream. But we pushed on, my brother seeming to slow and struggle as much as I was. You know, I, I remember thinking maybe he was just making a show of it, slowing on purpose so I didn't feel so bad. Maybe he was, I don't know. But we'd been on enough adventures over our lives that i knew deep down something was wrong i called for him to stop asking him if he was okay and he flashed me that smirk i knew so well but it was thin over the concern in his eyes i told him we we would we we could turn around we could forget all of this and he laughed it off of course he was right we, we both knew there was no turning back on the chance to see this mysterious valley full of cars we'd we'd come too far we'd been through too much so we pushed on about ten minutes later we crested the last hill and the pine spread out before us down the hill giving way to that lush green valley below that merged with that huge swamp just beyond The smell of wood fires, food cooking, and very distant voices drifted up to us on the breeze from across that valley and there, at the bottom, well, Walter was right. Spread out like the parking lot of the dealership were cars of all different shapes and sizes and eras. I could make out the old, old old-style Ford Rangers, the... The ones no bigger than a side-by-side ATV. I could see an, uh, 80s-era Chevy Caprice Classic and an old Studebaker pickup and so many more. All just parked and waiting. We stood and just looked. Wonder passing over our faces like the waves lapping at the rock-covered shores of Lake Superior. I... I remember the light breeze that continued to push the fragrant smells of fresh bread and cinnamon rolls, wood stoves and jumbled voices as life went on somewhere out of sight beyond this valley. Remembering Joni's words, we moved slowly down the hill and to the cars. Looking inside them as we passed, they were all empty, clean and fresh as the day they were driven off the showroom floor. My brother even opened up a few doors, popped a few trunks and there was nothing to be found, no sign of life, nothing to show that someone once drove these cars or that they had been used as part of anyone's daily life. They just sat there, like some sort of odd monument to days long gone. I was looking in the window of a cool looking classic Ford Bronco when I heard my brother shout. My heart stopped for just a second until I realized he he sounded excited. He wasn't crying for help. I stepped around the Bronco and made my way towards where he stood, near the back edge of the Valley of Cars, and I followed his pointing finger to the edge of the woods at the end of the swamp. I... I could see the swamp beyond, the, the same swamp I had seen from the hills before we had reached the valley, but... Now it was like seeing it through glass. Mostly normal, but just small distortions here and there, like like waves of heat off the hot summer blacktop. But my brother, he, he wasn't pointing at the swamp. There, just at the edge, was a big sign, just like Walter had described. The kind of old wooden town sign you'd see in the movies, the kind you'd see in Back to the Future saying, Welcome to Hill Valley, as, as Marty hitchhiked on his hoverboard, hanging onto the bumper of that futuristic car. It was old, faded, dirty, and mostly covered in vines and brush. Walking over to it, I could feel a tingle, almost a, a static electricity charging the air. My brother, he didn't seem to notice. He, he asked how it was that we didn't see this sign from up on the hill. It just stood out in the open, shining brightly as the sun reflected off its white surface there next to the trail towards town. I froze. That icy pain lurching through my body again, but joined now by the smell of peppermint on that breeze, mixing with the smell of food and smoke we'd been smelling since we arrived. But the peppermint isn't why I froze, nor was the pain I felt crawling through my insides. I froze because there was no trail, no town that I could see. And that sign was more dirt and faded wood covered mostly by brush than it was by any sort of clean white surface. That sign didn't reflect anything. The forest had nearly reclaimed it to the point that in order to read it I had to pull away the brush and vines. Once they were clear I stepped back my my brother reached forward to touch the sign a, a huge smile on his face. I felt that static tingling stronger. The swamp beyond distorting and shimmering more than just a moment ago. Was there a trail there? I took a Half a step back, the, the trail starting to blur into the swamp I had seen seconds before. This this was all wrong. Something was wrong. But my brother, he was just standing at that sign, smiling and happy. He hadn't looked this happy since we were kids and would open Christmas presents Santa had left for us. <laughs> he looked back at me, grinning ear to ear, and just said, We found it. This is it. It was real. As he spoke, I read the sign. Welcome to Mystery, Minnesota. Population, 198. Something wasn't... It it wasn't right. The icy pain pulsed inside of me and my eyes struggled to focus as the swamp and the trail seemed to shift and blur like they were fighting for dominance in my eyes. I I could feel my head start pounding. I I felt sick to my stomach, nausea building up deep inside. Until a familiar voice appeared behind me, soft, gentle, and warm. It told me not to worry that everything was okay. I was okay. It wasn't my time. I watched as Joni walked through the last of the cars and stood next to my brother. He hugged her and from behind them Roger walked out of the swamp or was it the trail, I, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't tell. He was carrying something, a, a box of some sort and as he reached us he set it down on the ground and told me this was for me. But the key to open the box was back at Joni's house. Roger looked to Joni, then to my brother. It's time. He told them before he turned and vanished into the woods on, what I assumed to be the trail. Joni grabbed my brother's hand and smiled at me. It was like my dream all over again. My brother looked to her, then then back to me, and then down the trail that was trying to bust through the swamp in my vision. He looked back to me and smiled. My heart was crushed. The icy pain slithered deeper into me and it was as if I was completely freezing from the inside out as muscle and and bone slowly peeled away from each other, withering from the cold. I'll... I'll never forget the look in his eyes, the, the... The sadness on his face, uncertainty and fear coupled with excitement and and calm, I begged him not to go. I pleaded with him to come back with me, to to get out of this cursed valley, walk away from this stupid search for Mystery Minnesota, but he just, he he just shook his head no. Before he turned to go, he gave me that trademark smirk, the, the one that said, Watch this, I'm, I'm about to kick this adventure up to new levels and do something incredible you won't believe. Hm. And then he said he loved me and it, it wasn't my time yet. But if I played my cards right, I'd, I'd see him soon. He told me it was okay as he squeezed my hand that I hadn't realized was gripping him tightly, trying to hold him in place, failing to keep him there with me. His last words before he turned around and walked down that vanishing trail were telling me, Everything is okay here. You'll like it. I stood there and stared for a long time. Though everything had long since faded from view, the, the valley now empty, cars gone, The smells of food and sounds of laughter just a... a memory. My... My brother laid there on the ground where we stood just moments before. Well, what felt like moments. He was cold and lifeless. I had no way to get him out of the woods on my own, so... I picked up the box Roger left for me and made the hike back to Joni Faustin's place. I don't remember the walk numb with shock and grief but I I remember walking in her front door and seeing her there in her chair feet up on her footstool eyes closed and a slight smile on her lips in her hands was folded a piece of paper apparently she knew what was coming that note well (laughs) it's it's fitting isn't it this all began with a note and it ended with one also Just one more layer. That note read, I know you can't understand this, and I'm sorry I had to take your brother from you. After he was attacked at the Selfridge Place, he was dying, though he didn't know it yet. That creature hadn't only been strangling him. It poured its vile sickness into your brother, and it was eating him from the inside out this town this valley this is the place you call mystery minnesota it's a place that lives on forever outside of our time outside of our place it's where i hope to find my son though now i'm not so sure it's possible anymore when i witness you and your brother telling your story to arnie as he shared this with you i I knew that one of you would be my best chance to find out. You see, to gain access to mystery we must leave our mortal lives. We have to die in your world so we can live on here. But you can only enter in pairs and I'm just a little old lady alone and in the woods. My husband had left years ago, my son died in that war and I thought I had no chance to find him in this valley i learned this secret years ago on my travels it's why i searched far and wide every day to find someone i could use to let me gain entrance and when i saw your brother get attacked i could have stopped it i could have saved him pulled that creature off his neck before it dumped its vile sickness into him I could have done that easily but I also saw it as my only opportunity to gain entrance to the afterlife so I let him die. I know you won't understand but now he's going to be happy there. He'll be safe and you might be able to see him once again if all this works out for you. I've seen the icy sickness spreading through you as well. Your time is running out. You can be with your brother again, but you'll have to find someone to be your other half in order to gain entrance. I wish you the best of luck, Joni. She was right, I didn't understand. I didn't understand how she could be so cold to steal him from me for her own selfish gain. But I began to. She, she wasn't wrong about the icy death spreading inside me. I'd been feeling it those last few days and my clock is ticking. But she stole my brother from me. Him and I could have found and entered Mystery Minnesota together. I didn't know he was sick, but knowing now, knowing as she used me, mm, it just doesn't sit that well. I don't know if I'll find anyone to help me get back to my brother. Maybe that's why I put this story out there. Anyone out there on death's doorstep wanting to join me on an adventure? <laughs> yeah, well, time will tell I guess and, and in all know soon enough. I went back to that valley a few days later after they, they got my brother's body out of there and just sat staring at the valley from the hillside among the pines. I've been sitting here, telling you my story, trying to get it all captured before my end comes. But as I sit here hoping for a miracle to come wandering through these woods so I can enjoy my brother when my time expires, something both shocking and expected has been happening. See that old sign faded into view across the valley, shining in the sunlight, its message loud and clear welcome to mystery minnesota population 200. my brother's voice echoed faintly in the breeze words i couldn't quite make out but it was his voice i'd know it anywhere i suppose it's best to end this recording now you know You know where to find, Mystery Minnesota. I don't know if you'll find me there. I don't know if I'll get to see my brother ever again. Oh, well. I guess all I can do is hope. Ah! Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AICstories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures and Creativity productions as well, so while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects like Faded Words and Adventures and Creativity in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on adventures and creativity productions but if you only want to follow the story of mystery minnesota you can find us under mystery minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mystery minnesota so get yourself all caught up and stick with us because there's more to the story here in mystery minnesota